Welcome to a Frugal Athlete Podcast, where we interview athletes, both current and former, on the prudent financial practices and smart career decisions they are making. In these episodes, we dive into what it means to be a frugal athlete. You might think that frugal just means being cheap, but as you will soon learn, being frugal is more complex than that. Hey, what's up? I'm Amobi Okugo, a.k.a. a frugal athlete. So check this out. We came out with an all-new, extensive, brand-new course. Our course, Rookie Mistakes, is a course that helps young athletes and individuals avoid the common mistakes when starting your career. I provide real-life examples, lessons, insights, all that and more to teach you how to identify the rookie mistakes before you make them. And trust me, I've made a lot. It's all about giving yourself the best foundation and head start to build financial and career stability. For more information or to get the course, check out the link in bio. Welcome to another episode of a Frugal Athlete Podcast. Today we got Jacob Turner, uh, MLB professional baseball player, now turned businessman and wealth advisor. Uh, Jacob is someone that I had the pleasure of connecting with uh, recently, and we've hit it off since then, talking about you know what it's like you know being a professional athlete and then you know focusing on the wealth management, money management, personal finance space. Jacob, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Really appreciate you having me on. Uh, excited to talk about all the complexities that come with uh, professional athletes and things that guys should be looking out for. No, I appreciate you making the time. I know you're busy, you know, with your, your with your new business. But give us some context. You know, you're not just a baseball player. You're a top ten uh, MLB draft pick. You uh, didn't go to school or you didn't go to college. You had you, you committed to University of North Carolina, but you you decided to forego that. Um, talk about, you know, your upbringing and how you got to where you are now. Yeah. Well, I guess I'll just start at kind of the beginning of my professional career, um, you know, signed when I was 18 years old and was, you know, fortunate to get drafted in the first round by the Tigers. Um, they gave me a great opportunity and I took that and kind of went and ran with it and had no idea what to expect uh, from professional baseball. I had no idea what to expect uh, with everything that came off the field with professional baseball. So Throughout that journey, was fortunate to play in the big leagues for a couple of years. Um, spent a lot of time with a lot of different teammates. Spent some time internationally playing, and and really through that entire process, just started my love around helping guys understand finances in general, and just helping them understand the complexities that come with their unique situation. Uh, for for athletes, you know what I call it is an accelerated financial arc. You're really going from zero to a hundred extremely quickly. So all the mistakes that you make are just extremely magnified and there's no do-overs in life. So there's no do-overs in your career. Um, if you make a million dollars one year, there's no telling if you're going to make any money the next year. So as I, as I kind of navigated my own journey and really started taking responsibility for my off the field life, uh, it just was something that I always had a passion for. And upon retiring, I've been taking classes um, towards the back half of my career. Uh, as I knew that, you know, kind of looking, looking down the line and saying, I wasn't going to be doing this for that much longer and uh, jumped into what I call the wealth management space, which is a really general term, but uh, did that for about a year and then actually just launched uh, my own company, JL Strategic Wealth, uh, with my brother and my business partner, uh, specifically helping clients navigate that accelerated financial arc. Oh, that's amazing. And I want to touch on this real quick. So you, you launched a business with your brother. You know, a lot of times people say when you're doing business with family, what are some of the param, uh, like parameters that you got to make sure right off the bat? Yeah, yeah, great question. Well, he's my, uh, you know, as brothers growing up, uh, you always have those little battles just between brothers. But fortunately, 
I like to call us the yin and yang. We get along really well. We both know each other's strengths. And I think we complement each other uh, really well in a lot of aspects, uh, both in the wealth management space and also just in life in general. So it's a it's a great fit, but it's not something that I would recommend for everybody. No, that's, I really like how you said that. You guys, you know, you guys play to each other's strengths because a lot of times when it comes to business, you need that, you know, the visionary and the integrator, or like you said, the yin and yang. And um, by all accounts, you guys are doing amazingly so far. So I uh, wish you best of luck in that. Um, we do have quite a bit in common. Um, your agent, he's from California, Elk Grove to be exact, Scott Boris, um, or you're, you're not a player anymore, but your agent yeah. at the time. Um, but top 10 draft pick. Talk about that experience because I was a top 10 draft pick, but it wasn't near an MLB signing <laughs> bonus or contract. So how did that like come about? Did you, were you like, had the opportunity or people like your agent reached out and you're like, this is an opportunity. Like, how did it, like, what made you decide, all right, I'm going to strike while the iron is hot instead of go uh, the college route. Yeah. I think that's a question that, especially in baseball, a lot of guys deal with and guys are going to be dealing with here in a couple months, just figuring out what it makes the most sense for them and their family. And uh, fortunately I had great people around me. Um, you mentioned my agent, but just a great family around me as well. My parents, just did a great job um, educating me on the pros and cons of both. And I think it's, it's like no other decision that, that you make, you know, you come up with your pros and cons and you decide what the best route is for you moving forward. But I think it was something that there was an opportunity that I couldn't pass up. And obviously uh, I think it worked out pretty well and was definitely happy. The Tigers took that risk with me. No, uh, definitely. Uh, and, you know, we, we spoke about agents, you know, a lot of players, you know, they spend time like deciding which agent is best for them. But when it comes to a financial advisor, it's almost like, all right, let's just go with whoever is recommended. So can you talk yeah. about like what steps you need to take to find someone, whether it's a wealth advisor, money manager, or a financial advisor, like what questions should we be asking? Um, you know, different things like that. Yeah, I think on the finding financial advisors is really no different in my opinion than even finding your agent. I think finding your agent, you're asking questions regarding their areas of expertise, their background, their history with clients, how they work with the clients. Are you a right fit for their business model? Things of that nature. I think on the financial advising side, it's really the same way. I actually wrote a paper that really speaks to the educational nature of professional athletes coming into wealth. And at the end of the paper, it really speaks to three questions that I think every athlete needs to answer when they are talking with whoever they might be interviewing for their advisor. I think really that question is, how do you get paid? And then making sure that they're a fiduciary and then making sure that they're just a good fit to work with you. And I think that's, that's a question that I think is the hardest one to answer because there's no, there's no right or wrong. I think you have to understand what services they're actually going to provide you. You have to understand, do you actually enjoy working with this person? Because this is somebody who's going to be really quarterbacking your financial life. And they're going to be working with you, hopefully hand in hand for the next few decades. And you want to make sure that you are you know, working with somebody that you enjoy. And I think the other aspect of that is, do they have expertise in the area that you're in? I think one thing that we talked about a little bit offline was in the wealth management space in general, I think we've done a poor job of saying that if you can pay my fee or you have X amount of net worth, you're a good client, as opposed to saying, if you fit into this certain type of client, those are the types of people that we want to work with. And that's really the mission that we have in the firm that we started is really working with clients that are coming into what I would call sudden wealth or really navigating that accelerated financial arc. So I think 
as as athletes and and really for anybody navigating choosing an advisor, it's it's making sure that they understand that that advisor has expertise in their specific area of life. No, I love that answer because like like and like an athlete, you have a certain skill set that fits to a certain team. So if I'm trying to play on a certain team that doesn't fit my skill set, I'm probably not going to perform to the best of my abilities. And I think the way you explain it is the same that goes to, you know, whether you're working with someone in the financial advising space. So can you talk about like some of the different like lanes there are in when it comes to like wealth management and money management? Yeah, I think I think probably the two biggest um, that most people either know about or don't know about would be the difference between having a what I would call a broker dealer, which is how when you think of most large financial institutions are broker dealers so they're selling you a product you're paying them a fee for the product you're selling and then on the other side you would have a registered investment advisor which is what we are so you're paying us a fee based on the advice we're giving but we're not getting paid any commissions on any products that we're selling you and i think from my standpoint especially sitting on the other side of the table as a client it just really hits home with me to make sure that we are serving these clients in a meaningful way and serving them in a way that I would want to be served when I was sitting on the other side of the table. Mm -hmm. And really the biggest thing for me is making sure that we eliminate any conflict of interest and any conflict of interest that can be avoided should be avoided because that client should know that you single-handedly have their best interests in mind. Um, but so with that being said, you talked about conflicts of interest um, and you talked about be, looking at it from, a, from the other side. When you were playing in the league, what like lessons did you take from your career, you know, working with a financial advisor that you do now working with, you know, fellow athletes and other individuals uh, with your business? Yeah, the biggest thing that something that I wish I would have done a better job of at the beginning of my career is really build that team of people around me. It's not it's not a one person thing that helps an athlete manage what's going on. I think a lot of times athletes think that they have their agent and then they have their financial advisor. And those are the two people in their life. And Everybody else is just kind of like on the outskirts and really how we look at it is sitting at the center of that athlete's life and really quarterbacking their life. So what I mean by that is helping to bring in somebody on the CPA and that's specific to their specific situation on the athlete side, that's specific to multi-state taxation and doing the same thing on the risk management side, um, depending on what sport they are, there's a lot of issues that come up in terms of making sure that they have the proper coverages in place. I mean, we look at insurance as solving for a need. But there's a lot of needs that athletes have on that space and to mitigate the risk, bringing in a specialist that really understands what they're walking through. And I also think on the estate planning side is something that a lot of athletes miss because it's not something that you generally think about when you're 18 to 22 years old and you're signing for a significant amount of money. You're not thinking about how this affects my estate and what this might affect for me down the, down the line. The biggest thing that athletes miss on that is that anybody can Google your name, figure out exactly how much money you're making, exactly how much money you've made exactly how much money you're going to make. So let's say for instance, uh, we hit somebody and we rear end them and we don't have anything set up on the risk management side and on the estate side, all of a sudden their back hurts a lot more because they know that you're making $5 million this year. And that's something that obviously you don't think about. It's not at the top of the mind when you're 18 to 22 years old and you're signing your first contract and you're excited and you're trying to just navigate like being a professional athlete and everything that comes along with it. And that's really where we can come in is help you um, do the stuff off the field that needs to be done, but maybe isn't top of mind for you. Uh, I, I love that. You know, I always try to joke with people like, hey, make sure you protect yourself at all times because if you get in an accident, they find out who you are, you know, that neck that was good when you got that got done talking with them, it might be hurt. So I uh, appreciate oh, you sharing that. 
Oh, so when it comes to, uh, you know, you mentioned the MLB draft coming up. Uh, you were a top 10 pick. Now you work in the financial space. Um, what's one thing that you would recommend for, you know, any upcoming MLB draft pick? I think this is the easiest answer. Make a budget. Budgets are not just for people that um, need them. Everybody needs them. Um, I think generally people have this perception around budgets that, hey, if I'm making a lot of money, I don't need budgets. Those, those aren't for me. Budgets are for everybody. And that's the best thing that you can do to set yourself up on the right financial footing moving forward. I think one of the biggest issues that athletes in general run into and really anybody that's navigating sudden wealth runs into is building a lifestyle that's just not sustainable for the long term. Mm -hmm. It is much easier to slowly build your lifestyle up as you continue to play and make it sustainable from when you're done playing than it is for you to build your lifestyle to a point that is not sustainable. And then when you get done playing, going to your friends and family and telling them that, hey, I can't really afford the million dollar house I bought. I can't afford the Range Rover I bought. I can't afford to take you guys to dinner every night anymore. Because as you know, in the athlete space, there is egos that become involved. You're you know, a public figure. Um, generally, you have a lot of confidence if you're a professional athlete. So the last thing that you want to do is go to all those people around you and tell them that, hey, I can't afford to do what I was doing before. So I think creating a budget is just the number one thing. It is so simple to do. It's not as easy to stick to, but it's really simple to do. And I think having the right coaching around it it's just the number one thing that any any of these guys that are signing for for significant money um, should be doing first. Uh, yeah, I think that's that's a great that's a great lesson. And like you said, it's simple, but it's hard. Um, but sometimes the, the the hardest things are the most simple things um, because yep. it's like the routine and the being able to be consistent. But I love what you said about you know building the lifestyle you want and not just you know trying to get it right away. So it's like, would you rather live like a king for a short period of time or like a prince forever. So uh, understanding that mindset, I think it's a, it's a key component to, you know, building wealth. I wanted to ask you one thing, you know, we spoke offline and, you know, I read your profile, you said financial quarterback, uh, but you are, you are a pitcher. So talk about, you know, what do you do as a quarterback um, overseeing people's wealth? Yeah, I think this, you know, something that really resonated with me is just the idea that when you look at a quarterback on the field and their quarterback in the entire team, everybody's looking at that quarterback when he's calling the plays and he's executing the plays in terms of what we're going to do, what routes I'm going to run, how I'm going to do it, things of that nature. He's directing where the ball's going. And I think from my standpoint, something that really resonated with me as I was walking through it from the client side as a player that I always really wanted was to have somebody where I could be one phone call away from somebody that knew where all the chips were, so to speak. If, if anything happened to me that my wife could make one phone call and she knew that Jacob had everything set up from the estate planning side to the risk management side, to the investment side, to the budgeting side, and it was all in one place. And that doesn't mean that that one person was doing it, but he was coordinating all aspects of my life. Because I think what athletes don't tend to realize is that they are creating their own enterprise. You're running your own mini company as you continue to build your career. And it's only going to get more complex, the more success you have. So the quicker that you can start building that team of people around you, the better off you're going to be. So that's how, when I say financial quarterback, that's really what we strive to do. No, I love that. I think it's very important. Like yeah, athletes have to think of themselves like as uh, the CEO and yeah, they absolutely. Are, they're, they're, they're their own company, they're their own brand. Um, we talk about, you know, being CEO, you're now CEO. Talk about that transition from athlete to entrepreneur. Um, you mentioned, you know, towards the end of the back half of your career, you started like seeing down the, the, the light at the end of the tunnel, you started taking classes. 
Um, what was that process like? And then how describe your transition? Yeah, I think, you know, that's like a super common question from, you know, I'm sure something that you've gotten as you um, continue to advance in your, your professional career too, is what is it like transitioning out of the game? And I think for me, the benefit that I had was that I knew really what I wanted to do. I had passion around something that I was really looking to do probably while I was still playing the last five or six years, I knew like, Hey, this is what I want to do. And I'm done. And I think really the biggest, you know, the, this is something that I've actually thought long and hard about. I think the biggest character trait that separates really good athletes and also people in the business world that are extremely successful is just discipline. Again, it's one of those things that it sounds super simple on the surface, but it's just discipline. It's being able to do all the little things day in and day out consistently over the course of time, just really start to multiply. And I think, uh, you know, it's no different in the wealth management industry as we help clients invest over the long period of time and sticking to a strategic plan. Um, it's no different when you're an athlete. It's going in um, in the mornings and doing all the drills, doing all the prep work before you go out on the field, all the tedious stuff. You have to have passion around doing the tedious stuff because if you don't have passion around doing the tedious stuff, um, when you go out there for the game, you're not going to perform the way you want. And I think it's the same way in the business world. No, I love that. Can you talk about that discipline standpoint? Because um, building wealth takes a lot of discipline, but then you have kind of like shiny object syndrome. You know, you go, we got crypto coming out, Dogecoin, we got Bitcoin, NFTs, we got you know, there's always like a new trend in the financial space. So how do you stay disciplined, but also kind of like aggressive in a way or ex- yep. ex- to be able to explore? Yeah, I think it all starts. It's all starts at the beginning. It all starts with that budget. It all starts with that strategic plan. And what I mean by that is when you're crafting a strategic plan, especially for somebody that's coming into sudden wealth, it's helping them understand that there are shiny objects that you can go buy if you want to go buy. There's investments if you want to go invest in something that's more speculative by nature, that you can go do that. But it's having a plan in place and saying, we're going to use X percentage to do that. And we're going to do X percentage to do the entire big picture plan that we have so then we can get the train on the track, so to speak. And I think when we look at the investing world that we're in right now, there is a lot of speculative investments out there. Um, I'm not going to comment on, on them one way or another, but I'll say there is a difference between investing and speculating. And I think investing is putting money in stuff that you have a better understanding of what it's going to do long-term. So I think the majority of athletes' money in general should be in the investing bucket. But that's not to say if somebody has interest outside of that, if there's something that that brings you joy outside of that investing bucket that you shouldn't explore it, I think guys should, because I think it allows them to, to do what they want to do, but then also engage in the big picture process and the strategic plan that you put in place. No, yeah, I think that's great. You know, and, and like everything within reason too. Um, like you said, I, I love that. Um, it's like the battle between investing and speculating and understanding the yep. difference. With that being said, I want to get back to you, athlete entrepreneur, because we talked about it offline. And I felt like just like pressing the record button and starting from there. But um, talk about that process. Talk about like certain nuances to starting your business. We have a lot of athletes that are looking to start their own businesses, you know, getting to the entrepreneurship space. But what are some things that they need to look out for, things that they should focus on, different things like that? Yeah, I think I think the biggest thing is that you just need to understand um, from the athlete side, it's no different than when you were playing. There's going to be challenges that come up. There's going to be, you know, mountains that you have to conquer, so to speak. And I think for athletes, they've been so specific to what they're doing that if they can find something else that they have the same amount of passion for, that they can have a lot of success doing it. But it's just understanding that 
just because you were good at being an athlete doesn't mean you're going to be good at X, Y, or Z. It's making sure that you put in the time, put in the effort to learn that industry, to learn and gain knowledge in that industry so that you can be better served, um, both for you and for your clients. So, you know, nothing comes easy in life, whether it's being a professional athlete or being at the top of your game in business. And I think athletes just need to understand that when they move out of it, finding something that you're passionate about is the most important thing because that's going to keep you going day in and day out. No, that's what it's all about. Do you have any recommended like apps or softwares that athletes need to like kind of get behind or understand? I think the biggest thing for athletes is helping them understand that it is okay to be thinking about what you're going to do next while you're still playing. Mm -hmm. I think there's this misconception with athletes that if you have a conversation in the locker room about what you want to do next, you're thinking about retiring. That's that's couldn't be further from the truth, in my opinion, because all your focus is going to be on the field. 99.99% of your day is focused on exactly what you're doing. It's laser focused on continuing to be the best athlete you can be. Yeah. But you have such a platform as an athlete, especially as a current athlete, to go out there and explore business opportunities, to explore meetings and networking meetings that you're not going to have access to when you're a former player. You know, if you're the if you're the 25th guy on a roster of a major league baseball team, I would encourage every single one of those guys to try to set up lunch meetings with people that are in industries that you have interest in in the city that you're playing in. Because I can all but promise you those people are going to take those meetings and want to meet with you. Um, just to explore what your life's like because they have interest in that. So that's what I would tell guys to do. And I think it's, uh, I think it's okay to be thinking about what you want to do next. And that doesn't mean that you're retiring tomorrow. No, I, I, I agree with that. I think, you know, the fact that you're a current athlete, not to, you know, not to, you know, say anything or disrespect any former athletes, but like you said, this, that the current athlete tag, just the email rate, the it's connection a differentiator. Rate. Exactly. Yep. So you got to you got to take advantage of it while you can, because you never can. It's whether you're planning for retirement or not. You know, retirement usually chooses you. So yep. one injury away or one coaching you know, decision or GM not liking you trying to cut your salary. So take advantage of it while you can. So I, I love that you said that. But now it's like let's get into it because we talked about Excel. We talked about WordPress. We talked about, you know, different platforms like that. Would you recommend, you know, like athletes like taking their off-season time to like learn a different skill or a class or like in it if so like what classes would you recommend yeah i think i think athletes have a unique blend of being so laser focused in the season and it's not to say that you're not laser focused in the off season but you do have a little bit more free time and flexibility to start exploring those other things so uh, you know i know one thing that we talked about offline was yeah. excel classes i mean excel was something that i didn't have a ton of experience using because it was nothing that i was using with baseball and it was a, I took an Excel class that just kind of gave me the basics around it. And I think for athletes in general, once you kind of figure out, and even if you have a couple ideas, like, Hey, I think I like this industry, or I think I like this industry, just starting at the ground level and saying, Hey, what are some tools that I would need in that industry? And then finding whether it's books or classes. I, mean, I know I've spent endless hours on buses that um, you can be reading books. And I know it's not always the coolest thing to do. If you're the guy <laughs> playing, you're the one reading the book. And I think the, you know, there's a there's a balance there between being the teammate and the guy that's reading the book too. But at the same time, man, you got to keep learning. It's just like any other industry, and uh, I would just encourage guys just to keep learning as they're playing. Uh, yeah, you know, you got to your education versus entertainment relationship has to be uh, proportionate. So, you know, like you said, having a balance, it's tough when it, you know in the bus people blasting the music. But you want to you want to be with your teammates too, but you gotta you gotta yep. spend time to learn. So I think that's really important. Um, 
you know, you've, you've been an athlete, a top athlete, and now you, you're a, a financial advisor, wealth advisor. Can you talk about some of the misconceptions around, you know, athletes and money? Because we do see the brokes, we, saw, we see the articles, but there's a lot of athletes that are doing smart things with their money as well. So what are some misconceptions yeah. that you've seen um, being on both sides? The biggest misconception for me is that athletes don't want to engage in the process, that they're not interested in it. I think the majority of athletes are really interested in that. They've worked really hard. They make huge sacrifices to get to whatever level they're at. And it's not hard to make, or I'm sorry, it is hard to make significant money in any sport that you're playing. So they do want to be good stewards of the money. I think most people just need to be able to be educated in a way that they can better engage in the process. And what I mean by that is I think the wealth management industry as a whole could do a better job speaking in terms that the client understands. I think that's one thing that is a really like an idiosyncrasy that as a wealth advisor that you have to understand as you're speaking to a client, helping them engage in the process is you being able to explain terms in, in ways that they understand. That's not the same for every client. So I think for athletes, that's the biggest misconception I see is that they don't want to engage in the process. And I don't think that could be further from the truth. I think they do want to engage in the process. I just think they need to be educated on it so that they can ask better questions. Okay. I like that. No, I, I love that you said that because the fact that you've been on both sides, so you can see it, it's not like from a biased opinion about, you know, this is what I think athletes are saying, or this is what I think wealth advisors are doing. Like you've done it on both, uh, both ends of the, I was going to say both ends of the pitch, but it doesn't really make sense for the baseball terminology. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, really well, cool. I'll give you I'll give you a funny caveat to that, that that really kind of speaks to that I my first two years when I was using an advisor, I always had the question of how am I paying this guy? I go to <laughs> meetings with him. He'd be with me, call me. And all I had was a credit card and a checkbook. And I'm like, all right, well, I've never given him my credit card and I haven't wrote him a check. So yeah. how's he getting paid? And just had no idea around it. But I also didn't want to ask, like we were two years in. I'm like, this seems like this seems yeah. like a a quote unquote dumb question. And I think that's one thing for me is just helping guys get educated on and they know exactly what they're investing in, why they're investing in it. How does this fit into my overall plan? What are the fees that I'm paying you to advise me? And then what are the fees I'm paying to own this investment? Because I think that's another misconception. You own that those investments that you own, whether they're yeah. in the public market or the private market. You don't have to understand every little detail that goes into it, but I think asking good questions is, is just a great way to start. No question, in my opinion, is a dumb question, especially for athletes, because it's not your area of expertise. No, uh, yeah, it's it's not. So it's like someone coming to ask, like, like I have no idea about baseball, but if I come in expecting to know everything, it wouldn't make sense. So I have to ask an expert and not feel um uh, not feel like dumb about it or you know feel like that's a shot to my pride and i, I, yeah, I appreciate you saying that um so you know you talked about you know your transition as an athlete you mentioned you you got a job first and then you went into entrepreneurship can you talk about how vital that that period of getting the job was and like how did it come about did you like do cold calls did you apply was it a mentor that gave you a shot how did that how did that all work out yeah, it was something that I had been doing a little bit of networking while I was still playing. And it was a in the wealth management industry as well with a great firm here in St. Louis and was able to just get a lot of experience that's been really invaluable. So what I would tell guys is it just kind of goes back to what we talked about previously, using that, using that time when you're an active player to really think about what is it going to look like for me in my next journey? 
And for each guy, that that answer is different. Some guys want to do more than other guys, but there is going to be a next journey, whether you want it to happen or not. And it's going to be way longer than the journey that you had as an active player. So be thinking about that. It's just really important. Uh, yeah, exactly. Always You got to always think ahead. And, you know, networking is uh, the biggest hack to life, I think, when it comes to, you know, not only your professional career, but just your, in general. So um, the fact that you did that and now, you know, starting your own thing is is really amazing. Um, is there any like resources that you'd recommend for an athlete, like any books that kind of change your whole perspective? I, I feel like you you came into the league knowing, you know, finance, money management is something that you are passionate about. Um, but for anyone that's new or kind of reserved in this space, what's like, you know, a resource that you would recommend for them outside of your website? Yeah, I think I, I personally really like visual capitalists. I think athletes in general like pictures and they have mm -hmm. great pictures on there. Um, it, it doesn't speak. It speaks more at a high level to a bunch of different aspects of the economy in general is what I would say. So it's not, it's not so much uh, helpful from the budgeting standpoint and things of that nature. I think from that, from that standpoint, it's really just engaging with people that have your best interests that want to explain it to you in terms that you can understand. And I think that's where athletes can benefit the most. There's, there's always going to be somebody that is going to claim that they're the smartest guy in the room and that you shouldn't invest with them because they have all the shiny objects. And it's not my, it's not my place to say whether they do or don't. What I would just encourage you to understand as an athlete is that you just need to find somebody who cares more about you as a person than they do about you as a client. And what I mean by that is you need to make sure that they're on the bus, so to speak. And I think you can, you can appreciate this as an athlete. When, when you're on the come up as an athlete, there's everybody, everybody and anybody kind of wants to be on the bus. Like you're the coolest yeah. guy in the room. And then the minute that, you know, maybe you have a little bit of a rocky stretch. And I know for me, I had, you know, a huge stretch in the middle of my career that was rocky. You start to look around and you realize who's on the bus with me. Yeah. And you want to make sure that whoever you hire and whoever you use as your team of people around you, whether that's your advisor or your agent or your accountant or your state planning attorney that those are people that are going to be on the bus through thick and thin because um you know a lot of people see professional athletes and see a lot of the limelight and there is a lot of amazing things that come with that but there's also you know struggles and challenges that come with that that people don't see uh that's exactly right uh i love that analogy like who's going to stay on the bus with you because especially with athletes once you once you make it big there's a lot of people that are going to try to overcrowd that bus. And then if you... Yeah, there's going to be a lot of people that want to get on the bus. And I just encourage athletes when when they're bringing somebody and they're going to be on the bus or be in the inner circle that, that they really understand that that person is sitting on the same side of the table as them and that they have their best interests. And as you know, most most people want, you know, I call it their pound of flesh, so to speak, from an athlete. And then they kind of go on their way. Yeah, exactly. So. Uh, Jacob, it's been a pleasure. Um, where can people find you if they want to connect with you? I know you, you're an active writer on your on your website as well. And, you know, yep. you're doing a lot of things to connect with the next generation of athletes. But where can people find you um, or connect with you if they want to learn more or learn more about finance? Yeah, so you can connect with me on LinkedIn um, or through email, jacob at jlswealth.com. Uh, you can connect with me on Instagram, which is jacob underscore jls. Uh, but I can promise you that's just going to be pictures of my kiddos and my family. So, uh, <laughs> but happy to connect on there as well. And then uh, I know Amobi and I have been talking about doing some collaboration in terms of getting some pieces out there on the educational side for athletes. 
So excited to start sharing that content um, on his site. Yeah, so definitely check out the show notes. We're going to have all Jacob's information, his website. Maybe skip out on the LinkedIn, but uh, sorry, maybe skip out on the Instagram, have his LinkedIn on <laughs> as well. And yeah, definitely be on the lookout. You know, we've, we've talked about collaborating. You know, Jacob has a wealth of knowledge, you know, both on the playing side and wealth management side. Um, so if you guys have any questions, comments, concerns, or any ideas of topics that you want Jacob to kind of discuss and dive into in a deeper manner, uh, make sure you guys check out a frugal athlete and not only that, but his website as well. And with that being said, definitely got to leave a disclaimer. Um, you know, we talked about some financial terms, terminology, ideas, always consult with your financial team. This website is for education purposes only. Hope you guys enjoyed. Please leave a rating and review. It helps us get discovered and it gives us more motivation to have wonderful podcasts like this. Thanks again, Jacob, and I hope all is well. Thanks, my friend. Thank you for tuning in to this podcast episode. For more information, check out the show notes and go to our website, www.afrugalathlete.com. If you enjoyed, please leave a favorable rating and review and share and subscribe. Thank you so much.